Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Streaming in Place. We're finishing out week 21 here with Lucifer Season 4, Episode 7, episode seven Devil Is As Devil Does. Um, so we had, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I built it up a bit. What did you guys think of that ending? Were you as excited as me about where we leave things for this week? I, w- I, I kept turning to my partner. I was like, the wings are going to be on fire, right? This is going to be super metal. Um, and then it was still very metal. Like, it's a gr- it's still very metal. Um, and it's arguably, like, my partner made the really good point that it's more horrifying this way than it is. Like, wings on fire would have been cool. But, like, devil dragon wings type of deal is still very, very cool and arguably scarier because it's a more pronounced physical change. Um, so I, I really liked it. Um, I'm excited and I really appreciated everything that Ellis was doing in that scene of just, he's just petrified. And that comes through real clearly in his performance and it's really, really affecting. So I really liked it. I'm very excited. I hate that I'm going to wait until like Sunday or Sunday night or Monday morning to watch uh, the next episode so that it's fresh in my brain. (laughs) Um, But I'm very much looking forward to sort of like this, how this plays out um, and how this feeds into the other stuff about um, whatchamacallit, the self-actualization stuff that has still been running through this season and how that's getting transferred onto the wings as well so i'm really curious um allison how'd you feel about it similarly um you know i wasn't perhaps quite as dazzled as i might have been because this wasn't my favorite episode of the season so far um but it had jerry burns Burns. always like a like an a level douchebag um just like one of your go-tos. Um, he's, he's like, he's like on tier two of the, of the Clancy Brown pyramid, mm-hmm. at which yeah. obviously Clancy Brown is at the apex. Um, right. You're right. Like very obviously, hence the name. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I think that the design of the wings is really great and really smart because there's there's enough about them that it allows you to call to mind what they looked like previously and then obviously we also get um remy and amenadiel's wings in this episode so you've got another point of reference there and that Mm -hmm. i think makes it Mm -hmm. more disturbing um i think it's also pretty effective contrasted with Chloe's last scene, the two of those being sort of strung together, I think really works really well. And then Linda's presence, which let's focus on one good thing. Lucifer was in a tough spot emotionally and he called his therapist. If we want to take something positive away from this episode, let's take that. Um, But the fact that we, there's so much anxiety about what is going to happen to Linda throughout the episode, and they sort of push that button over and over and over again to make you worry about Linda, and then it's always Maze, that then when she shows up, she sort of brings that tension with her. So even though nothing happens, um, with Linda's storyline, at least in that scene, it sort of ups the anxiety some more. So yeah, I think it's a really strong ending. Yeah. Latoya, how about you? Uh, I'm actually really kind of happy that like Noel and I guess Allison too wasn't like spoiled by like the wing reveal because I even believe like some of the season four key art is like a black and white version of Lucifer with those wings. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's really good that you guys hadn't seen that. So, oh yeah. yeah, nope, totally unspoiled. 
awesome. And, yeah, I don't know if I'd seen it or if I just saw it and chalked it up to promotional art yeah. and just went, yeah, no, that makes sense to that's, like play up the thing. Yeah, because that is one of those things where like, yeah, promotional art, it, it could have nothing to do with the show. There is one thing in like that's in the trailer for season five of Lucifer, which obviously don't watch that. Yeah, um, watch but that. Uh, when I got my like screener letter from Netflix, it was like the first like do not reveal was like something that they put in their trailer. I'm like, what are you? talking about like it's it it's how you're selling this season um in subsequent screener letters it, that has been removed because i think someone told them uh but yeah uh i love that real love that final scene um ellis like you said noel is just doing great work he's doing great work throughout this episode um like like i said the season it just provides a lot of great material for the entire cast and like that doesn't like of, like that doesn't mean like they're gonna like they're shortchanging Ellis obviously by giving people more, which is I think it's a really uh, good thing actually. Like it's proving that you can balance there. There's a balance for everyone, um, and it's just uh, it's just you you can feel how yeah like you said he's petrified. He is literally just terrified by this. There's a moment when uh, Chloe you know they're at the precinct and Chloe's like oh you checked your wings right, and you can kind of just like see like the way like. Because we didn't see him check his wings, but you just see the way he reacts. He's like, "Yeah, I, I did." Um, so, like, you could already tell something was kind of up there, and then you get the reveal at the end. It's uh, it's really good. I like that in that scene. At least for me, I was very much with Chloe in that moment and what she like where she was at with him and and everything. So you can like, I mean, obviously, I also knew what they would look like, but like, but the way they play that scene is that it could be very much about Chloe so that when you get the reveal at the end of the episode, it's not as shocking. Though obviously something is wrong, right? Something is clearly very wrong, but if, if they had played it just a bit more, a bit bigger then it would have like distracted from everything else that we were seeing until that moment. It would have taken away from where Chloe was at and those other things. So yeah, I thought they played that really, really well. What I also love about the the way they handle the ending here is that, like the show has done previously as well, they just draw a straight line back to Kane. They're like, I know you want to forget about this, guys, but we haven't. And actually, this has been a big motivating factor in everything going on with Lucifer all season. It's not just the stuff, you know, with Chloe. It's also him not, you know being sure where he stands after having killed someone, the the lingering trauma of that, even though it was Kane, even though he would just try to kill everybody else and was going to keep trying to kill people. It, it That has damaged him significantly and he's not sure he can accept himself, which is why he's so desperate for Chloe to accept him. And yes, it is just saying the subtext out loud, but I think they needed to, because there's been so much other distracting stuff in the meanwhile um, so, so having it be not just that his recent action, like of, of breaking Julian's spine is what triggered this, but for very likely this has either been trans, trans, like transforming this whole time, or, uh, it has, uh, been like his wings have been like this for quite a while and he was too scared to look, I thought it was a really good move. Also, if this is the first time his wings have ever looked like this, it is such a archetypal like devil um, look 
because you know Lucifer has read up on himself, right? <laughs> when he's at his most self-loathing, right? Be like, well, let's see what they say about me, right? Um, <laughs> don't Google yourself, guys. Never do it. Um, and and so, like, the fact that he would create for himself the same look to, you know, like, based on the self-actualization thing, of this very typical look for the wings um, is it because it both fits with the design we've we've seen for his devil face previously? I think I think it it goes, but it also it just it's internalizing him internalizing these depictions. Well, if I am as bad as they all say, this is what I should look like. Um, so for me, it's really potent. Yes, agreed. <laughs> um, let's talk about something that I hated in this episode. Uh, I ship most of the people on this show with most of the people on this show. I do not ship Ella and Dan as much so as I bad. like those no. actors. It's, it's really bad. It's I don't really, like really it. Bad. I don't it like stop. it at all. And I, and I can't tell. Tori is making so many faces at us right now. <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, I'm not saying I ship it. I don't ship it. Um, they are two beautiful people. I don't ship it. Uh, I think it makes sense what they're doing and I moving forward I think it continues to make sense so I just yeah don't worry well guys. well <laughs> yes I will second Latoya there you don't need to worry but also I was watching this on you know with my parents and they're like what is it like yeah no it doesn't make sense just like I mean, they, they refuse they both refuse to talk about anything or to actually deal with their issues so it makes a lot of sense <laughs> Sex on that evidence table. That evidence analyzing table. Yep. That's, yep. that's good. I mean, if, if that sex was good enough for, you know, the divine goddess. So I'm just saying, congrats, Ella. It's true. It's true. <laughs> that is, that's a really good point. I'm, um, I'm really happy for Ella in that respect. And I'm reassured, Kate and Latoya, by you saying that I shouldn't be worried about this because I can see sort of where it might be going and where it might come from but the way that it's handled and introduced just rubbed me totally the wrong way and it and it didn't feel like it was rubbing me the wrong way in the way it was supposed to I just like I hate the little like we've kissed three times and now we're both simultaneously going to lift the woman onto the table thing I hate it I've always hated it it's not good it ne- it just like doesn't feel spontaneous it doesn't feel like the thing people do in real life like it just nah, thumbs down now I'm just imagining Ella instead lifting Dan onto the table but with a with a little like warmth right like there's always yeah. a little bounce and then there's a pause and then the kissing again and I just am not about it um so some of it was that because I was like, Ugh. but, uh, but I can see how these two people are both experiencing a dark night of the soul. They both feel isolated. They both feel alone. They're both distressed and they're both lonely. It makes sense that in a heightened moment, they might sort of collide. Um, so I'm interested to see where it goes, but the scene itself is <laughs> thumbs down what where what and coming near the end of an episode that didn't totally thrill me i was just like yeah it just there's the little finger touch and i'm just like no don't do it don't do it no not the finger touch damn it not (laughs) the finger touch (laughs) they're gonna now because they touched pinkies it's i i mean a universal sign for let's have sex at work Uh which which there is (laughs) video cameras (laughs) like i don't understand there are definitely video cameras there 
definitely. It's a police station. There are definitely well, video cameras. Those there. two know how to like get to the place you need to get to to erase yeah. that video. And her and office also- has like blinds and like the windows yeah. are kind of like that Kroger, um, that like opaque type of material that yeah I yeah and just, i was laughing because scotty said in the chat stop saying finger touch no <laughs> finger touch no 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 <laughs> oh scotty. Um, scotty does say i don't ship them but i buy them both finding themselves in a place of turmoil and wanting to cling to something i think they both know it's a thing to do that's not actually facing the scary stuff they're dealing with uh, yeah. Which I agree. Uh, Marcus is contaminating the evidence. Uh, which, yes. Um, yeah, they should, I mean, certainly Ella should know. The place to go is clearly the evidence locker because that's how Chloe and Kane were getting their jollies at work and yes. it didn't seem to be a problem th- at that point. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I kind of, again, get it because, like, Chloe just goes, wants to talk to Ella about God. And Ella's just been like, have you not been listening for, to me for yeah. months? I wrote my, my notes, Chloe, listen to her. I've been very clear about not believing in God for a solid, like, two trimesters now. <laughs> but, see, but I also like this, like, oh, yeah, that's right. You, air quote, don't believe in God. Sure. That's not an overreaction no. that you're going to bounce back from at any point. Certainly, this is a new definition that you're not. You're not reaching out for, you know, having a dark night of the soul. It's just taking a little longer. This is a new thing that you definitely still believe. Okay, I'll come back next week. <laughs> <laughs> Has Chloe just been doing this every week? And, like, Ella just keeps storming out? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it, Ella has been dealing with this for for a, a significant chunk of Linda's pregnancy. So, uh, so I've been interpreting it as we skipped past the phase Phase one, where she's like, have you ever heard of this guy, Richard Dawkins? And then phase two, where she's like, wow, Richard Dawkins is terrible. He's the worst. I need to find new writing about how God doesn't exist. And then phase three, where you won't shut up about the writing you found that where God doesn't exist into phase four, which is just like a dark night of the soul. So I'd like to thank the Lucifer writing staff for fast forwarding us past the most obnoxious phases of Ella's atheism agnosticism atheism but it'll go away yeah i i'd like to thank them for fast forwarding past that point well we have a very important uh re sort of configuring of our character assessments that we need to do because we've previously talked about mostly being uh, on board with eve and really liking the performance and the character but clearly we're wrong because trixie doesn't like her so therefore i mean Trixie was trying not to like her. Yes. But, but even Trixie was like, which is like, I oh, I just, I'm just myself. I don't have a job. She's like, okay, that's cool. Like Trixie likes her. And then she saved <laughs> Trixie's like life. Trixie yeah. loves her. Well, that's yeah. such an essential part of it, right? That the very first thing Eve does is put Trixie behind her. And yeah. that's that's such a key thing for them to be like, yes, Eve is saying, I don't think Chloe's a good influence. Chloe's saying I don't think Eve is a good influence, but in a moment of crisis, she does, like, she shows who she is, which maybe she's, you know, maybe she's not in the, be- the best influence on Lucifer right now, we we would say as an audience member, but she's not a bad person. Yeah. Um, she just has a very different perspective. Yeah, I think that that's, like, the key thing is, like, yeah, Trixie, like Latoya said, doesn't want to like Eve, but Eve's cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
she she's she's a second cool aunt for Trixie to have now, in addition to Maze. Yeah. Um, this one will just probably give her lots of like candy and drugs instead of knives. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to mix those candy and drugs up and it's going to be a whole thing. It's going to be a thing. Um, but I, yeah, I think that whole thing also like putting tricks behind her really solidifies that kind of a concept. But it also like speaks again to like maybe like maternal instincts kicked in as Eve. Um, but also recognizing that there are people with guns and there's a little girl that should not be here and somehow got to got here um, from her apartment her apartment and like as Trixie is interrogating her Eve is like trying to ask questions about Trixie too like she's like she's interested in like Trixie as a person yes which yeah it's cute yeah no I'm asking the questions here where were you and just shines the (laughs) lamp on her face um no it's very it's a very sweet little scene and I the arguably I think the best thing about it is that Lucifer just pieces out immediately He's like, oh no, the small ch- the detective's offspring's here. Nope, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in the back. <laughs> no, it's been many years now, and no. <laughs> After yes, because Trixie has been to to Lux, but she's not been to the penthouse. So mm-hmm. she, like a child, she goes insane. Her yeah. joy at the penthouse is just beautiful. It's you the have only a- sane reaction. Yeah, you have a hot tub on your roof. She's like, it's so good. <laughs> My favorite was the steps up to the bedroom like a princess. Yeah. Which like is what? accurate. <laughs> accurate. If you have steps up to your bedroom, that is like a princess. Lucifer was so upset. It was great. Yeah. I, I liked the banging on the piano. It was like, <laughs> and it was very like, I don't know where those hands have been. Have you eaten something sticky recently? God, yeah. Yes. No. I will Have say, you, Lucifer? <laughs> I, I, like the the reaction, there was some scoffing at the Kulik bunker about, oh, not on the Italian uh, leathers. Like you just had a bunch of orgies, so yeah. are you really that concerned? It's different when it's uh, sex shenanigans and children's shenanigans. You know, it's different. It's like shoes off. Clearly. For all we know, Lucifer brings in a separate suite. He has furniture. an orgy couch. Yeah, yeah he for sure couch. has orgy furniture. 100% with like cubbies and extra pillows and everything stained with lumbar support type yep, stuff. Totally. Yep. Totally. Yeah. He's got a separate set of sex furniture. Well, uh, we should also talk about the return of, of Gelf. So Kinley's back. Any thoughts about this or the, uh, um, you know, the timing, how that last scene played out? I mean, I just like Graham McTavish so much that I was like, great, finally, I've been waiting. <laughs> like, you can only languish in prison for so long. Um, I, You know, I think it's an interesting place for Chloe to live, so I'm excited about that. Um, I didn't think that the scene itself was that great or that it gave either of them very much to do outside of one really great reaction shot for Lauren German. Um, but that's sort of my complaint with this episode overall. That's, speaking of Outlander, there was this thing this season where the book that inspired the season of Outlander is called The Fiery Cross. So every time we saw A Fiery Cross, my co-host of Podlander Drunkcast and Outlander Podcast, Julie and I, one of us would lean forward and go, that's The Fiery Cross. For the entire season. And it felt like 
this episode felt like that. The number of times that people unnecessarily shoehorned in words that did not belong in their sentences for the express purpose of connecting it to a storyline we definitely already would have connected it with was very high. And the whole time I was like, yes, yes, I get it. Punishment. It's the word of the day. Punishment. Yes, I understand. I understand Linda and Mays and Amenadiel and Remy. I understand. I get all, I get all of it. Oh, you're a bad info. Yes, I understand. It was too much. So by the time we got to that scene, I was like, well, I mean, this is just, it's, I'm really glad this actor is back and that's about it. And then the wings showed up and I was like, never mind. I forgot all of it. I was immediately on board. I have a question, which is how with a, something being called the fiery cross, you weren't making the joke, the fiery crotch the entire time. Oh, we that did. Was the first thing I thought. As soon oh, as we said. for sure. Well, and it's important to know that the male lead on Outlander is a redhead. Um, at least on the show, he's a redhead. He's not in real life. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah. Oh yeah. We definitely did. There was also an episode this season where we did nothing but make handjob jokes. So um, somebody did a count and it was many anyway trust me latoya we definitely said the fiery crotch i promise you thank you god <laughs> i was so worried i promise i would never let you down like that um over uh back in the fucking uh, <laughs> back I in was, the fiery crotch land as well yeah. i was the the dialogue was doing that in this episode i was not huge on that the part that was actually even more frustrating to me and and i like how in the last episode we were specifically talking about how we appreciate the show just is the show and embraces the obvious like over the course of the week we've been talking about that where they don't shy away from like the apple teeny and there's apples like because they that's that's them being them but even for lucifer being like guess what so eve she's wearing bright red and it's like frilly and there's like a free-flowing flower design and chloe's in a black and white with stripes and she's on one corner. She's going to stand on this side of Lucifer, right behind his shoulder. And Eve's going to stand on that side of Lucifer, right behind that shoulder. I was like, guys, like, like once or twice, or like, so even more obvious, or tone it back by 10 is how, like, I like literally have them shrink and stand on his shoulders somehow. <laughs> They or back I, it up. I would argue the show should always do angel and devil on the shoulder type imagery. There is another moment in the season five that happens and it's, I love it. Mm. I love it. Anytime you do it, they should do it every other episode as far as I'm concerned. They really should. But I agree. I think go full, like have Lucifer eat one of, if there are any pop brownies left and I'm not saying there are, have, or how, no, there's gotta be a rave donut somewhere in that house. So have him eat a rave donut and then hallucinate that Chloe and Eve are on each of his shoulders and then he can make a bunch of jokes about like what he could do with the tiny versions of Chloe and Eve and it could be really filthy <laughs> and like all of that do that do that don't like just it's just layered on a little thick in a way that felt less like witty and silly and more lazy and doesn't trust its audience um, which I recognize is a fine line uh, but uh, this in this episode it felt a little bit like it crossed over mm -hmm. it I do get that, but I think it's also, uh, I think we're also doing another reset for the rest of the season too. We're doing some resets of multiple points in the season. I think this is another pivot point also. So I think that's probably why they needed to kind of hammer home some things to do the shift as well. Because this doesn't do the, the tonal episode shift, like the way the past uh, couple episodes have. So this is like just the shift for like moving forward in the season. 
Yeah. Well, and it's still better than season three. Like, let's be honest. Just because I'm like, eh, on this one doesn't mean that I'm this just- This is like the criticisms of like of like season two, basically. Totally, like, exactly. Like, here, here's something to say. <laughs> and you know what? If there had just been a dust in the wind moment in this episode, all of my complaints would have been blown away like dust in the wind. I mean, that's always your criticism though. <laughs> I just want more of that. I mean, let's be real. Just give Tom Welling a series regular contract for the duration of the show. And all he'll do is once a season play dust in the wind. He sees his mom sings Dust in the Wind. Yep. Um, I like that. To catch up with the comments a little bit here, um, we have Marcus says, I love Trixie's, Trixie's reaction to the penthouse. Keenan says it was perfect. Sky says, so pure and wonderful. I'm glad the penthouse happened to have the orgy stuff packed up when Trixie showed up. Marcus says mostly. Um, <laughs> and uh, Marcus says, I'm hoping Trixie doesn't find the rave donut. Good call. This is why, you know, Lucifer, I like how we've talked about Lucifer having an open door policy that that does not extend to children. <laughs> like, why are you? Wait, why are you here? And obviously, you know, but he's he does appreciate and 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 care for Trixie and everything. But like, he's like, what? But wait, but coordinated like scheduled hangout time with Monopoly, not show up while I'm having a discussion with with Eve. And maybe there are still some pot brownies and rave donuts around that I would get in a lot of trouble from the detective if you ate. If you want to eat it, that's fine, but you can't get it from me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we haven't talked about the case of the week, I think, because it's, it's not bad. as interesting. I mean, it's not really a case. We know who did it. It was Jeff yeah. Burns because his shitty son. Well, and I, I feel like it's a really boring called it compared to assless chaps, but I do get a called it in saying that the case would continue. So yeah. called it for me. Um, yeah. But it's, but again, it almost feels like we should give up on the exercise because we're never going to top assless chaps and nudist colony. Yeah. You guys uh, should probably call it a day. Um, I, for me, I think any of the, like I, this, it was irritating or it was like a little, you know, annoying on purpose uh all the case of the week stuff because it was the eve ride along and like this more didactic um uh, approach to that which i they were very intentional with with what they were doing but i mean that i didn't meant that i i didn't enjoy that part of it so much but his you know if, if he's gonna if you're gonna have this storyline just Casting him is going to do a lot to get me on board because I, you know, enjoy him so much. Obviously, listeners, uh, if you haven't seen Justified, he's great on Justified. If you haven't seen Andrew Tribeca, he's hilarious on Andrew Tribeca. My mom was like, what's up with his eyebrows? I'm like, those are just his eyebrows. That is what they look like. She's like, oh, does he play bad guys a lot? I was like, yes, and cops. And he's great. <laughs> he is great in the Lindsay Lohan, Tyra Banks TV movie, Life Size. Mm-hmm. He's terrific. <laughs> Did you guys have... Oh, I mean, we haven't talked about Remy. Oh, I before we get there, I do want to say I... Uh, one thing I'm really disappointed in this episode for is not for having, like, a muscle-bound fight scene at Muscle Beach. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted to see it. Eve wanted to see it. It would have been, like, <laughs> meaty men just slapping things. Been great. Okay, then. Uh, what <laughs> did we think of the fights we did get? <laughs> it could have been better. It could have been at Muscle Beach. <laughs> we could have had wings at Muscle Beach. Um, yeah, I just I feel like the the Remy subplot was a bit of a misfire. Um, 
felt like nothing but reinforcing information we already know and finding an artificial reason for Amenadiel to not be around Linda. Um, yes. Like it just eh, didn't do it for me. And then the fight itself was like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Every time that Amenadiel is like, I know Kung Fu, that is automatic A for that moment. And I was very into that. And then the rest of it, I just like, eh. Yeah, it's meh. fine. It's yeah. fine. Although I will say in other fight scenes, Lucifer picking the guy up through the window was very badass and scary. Yeah. Now I'm just like thinking again, is it a casting thing too with Remy? I'm just like, Tessa Thompson should play Remy. I would like to see that. Yep. I would yeah. like to see it. That would have been good. Uh, Marcus says Remy, uh, Rem- Remyel is the least interesting angel to appear on the show. Oh, Sorry, yes. Uriel. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Allison, didn't you say that you were reading a, a book that has a Remyel in it? Yeah, I'm reading a book called Library of the Unwritten. I don't even really know how I ended up coming across it, but it was just in my library, and so I'm reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh Remiel the Watcher, which is referenced here, is um, trying to sort of earn his way back into heaven by hunting down the devil's Bible. Okay. So anyway, uh, he is is a he in that book and is also kind of a humorless square. So that tracks. (laughs) Yeah, it all kind of tracks, it seems. I kept waiting for Asriel to show up in between them and be like, folks, just calm down. Take a breath. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i don't want to watch dan and my best friend have sex <laughs> be uh the my child we raised with his family is like i thought i was your family that's a good line at all except that you're trying to kidnap my son so that like that's not i don't think you get to call I mean, that remy kidnap a son to take him to, uh, her to the silver city so like to be with the rest of their angel family which who are all either dudge or ray ray well, if, okay, so I think Remy could say, like, if, if Remy was going to go, like, well, compromise, let's take the mom and the kid to the end. We'll all go back to the Silver City. I think that's a better play. Well, I think Linda has to be dead to go there. Okay, well, but they, see, I don't know that. They didn't. Do that. <laughs> but that would at least have been like a, see, I'm trying to keep our family together. So if you insist on your human has to come too, we'll just kill her and then we can all go up, right? And, you know, that like, that would have made more sense to me and been mm-hmm. more interesting, but. Rather than cutting a baby out of a butt, as we established yesterday. As we discussed, yes. Yeah. Um, I think, speaking of Linda, and therefore also speaking of Maze, um, and Maze is definitely, definitely, definitely not in love with Linda. Um, I uh, would just like to say that, as always, I think Leslie and Brent is really good, but she's especially good in this episode because she's mm-hmm. asked to play basically the same beat over and over and over again, and they are all different somehow. She's very, it was so funny and weird and sad and very, like, very, very good. She, she pops out of that little alcove next to the stove. <laughs> yep. It's just Beautiful. so good. Like, the lighting on that is also very, very good, so you don't really see her, but then she just pops out and she's like, this is all very well staged and she's so game for all of this too is the other really nice thing. And she finds really nice pathos within that humor as well. Um, Mm -hmm. that I think keeps that going. And I'm really thankful for it because the rest of the episode is just a weird little, weird little like pivot, like you said, Latoya and slog as well in some places. 
I think that's the best uh, part of the casting for Remy is that when you have like uh, Maze coming to like surprise uh, Linda, if you like, if I have my glasses off and I'm like far away, I couldn't tell like if that, who's that, that's supposed to be like Maze or Remy. And that's like the twist. Like, it's like, she's blurry. Is it Remy coming to rip the baby out? No, it's, you know, it's Maze. And I will say that <laughs> are you in love with me thing is definitely an in joke uh, from season three where so many people were complaining about like the Menadiel Linda Mace thing and they were like is she just in love with her and it's like no that's not what it is yeah but it's that's not the thing that yeah um oh uh Marcus says Uriel was Michael Imperioli and had consequences so that was I mean safe. yes but yeah. Uriel was also still a dud and we can't yeah. forget that that's true that's true um the yeah the the bit of that that i particularly enjoy is um well the good things come in small packages is delightful but shout out to linda for like clearly getting much better at knowing if she's being stalked by maze or somebody else <laughs> now granted maze is also off her game a little bit but that's you know that is some significant uh spidey senses going for her maybe she's sharing superpowers with her fetus Could be. yes don't there know. you go. That's good. That tracks. Do we have any <laughs> final thoughts on this episode? It, it does uh, not track. <laughs> no, it doesn't, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> I think, honestly, my favorite thing in this episode is um, Tyrannin's office because he's got this big map of the world on that big thing, but it's projected. It's not an actual piece of art in any way, shape, or form. It's just a big thing of the world because he's in shipping. And that's how we know he's in shipping because he has a big map of the world on the wall. No no lines or shipping lines or anything on it. Just a big map of the world. And that's how we know he's in shipping. And I'm just like, sure, this is excellent. And it's projected. So you didn't even have to take it down after you got done with this space. You just took the projector down instead. <laughs> um i love that uh eve has learned the joy of spinning in a desk chair that mm-hmm. is that pleases me greatly and i have a question for the class which is that uh when pony boy is being interrogated by dan and chloe does he not give dan up because he just does not know that it was dan who was uh the source on lucifer or is it for a particular reason that he is not Dan oh i think i thought it was because snitches get stitches yeah um like that i just assumed that it was that criminals don't snitch on fellow criminals yeah. which includes dan i mean yeah pony boy was not snitching like that was his whole thing basically pony boy was looking to not have a cop angry at him yeah <laughs> he wanted to stay gold and whatnot yeah. I think he wanted to have a card in his pocket if he needs it. Also that. Sure. A very yeah. good point. They mentioned that he's in and out of there. So goes both ways in that instance. Yeah. And I will also say about Dan. Um, oh, Dan, that he goes to Tyrion because he's like, oh, I think he'll just ruin Lucifer like in the businessman way. Where he'll like just <laughs> leave leave him like penniless, and, like take his like his his bar and everything and his cars. It's like, I didn't know that he was a murderer. Whoops. It really is. Dan, he's a douche again. A very nice moment. Um, because he is. Uh God, I but at just... the same time, it is Lucifer's fault he's a douche again. Because Lucifer oh, totally. keeps pushing totally. him and keeps being like, Well, it wasn't my fault about the Charlotte thing. Like, like partially. Like you could have told them more he about it. Could have like shown up and been emotional support and realized yeah. that, you know, yeah, you're dealing with stuff, but so is he, and he doesn't have much of a support network. 
So yeah. Uh, I'm not saying he doesn't have good reasons. I'm saying that we know one thing for sure about Dan as a criminal, and it's that he's very bad at it. Um, he, yeah, I know. If Chloe just turned around. The whole game would be over. Right? It's not, which is good, because that's What did consistent. I do? What did I do? It's, <laughs> it's like, wow, I'm just going to put this all over my face. I'm sorry. He's what now? He's what now? Gee, I guess I shouldn't have. Never mind. Um, it's just he, he's very bad at being a criminal. And every time he's been good at being a criminal, it's been with Maze, which I think means that Maze is good at being a criminal. And she's that got Dan- like at least a plus three for you know. It's like the bardic inspiration. It's like at least a plus three totally. to criminality. Yeah. 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 Her stealth and she knows how to check for traps and um, also charisma and athleticism. Maze's her. Um, stats are really off the charts she she's great um it's like an automatic critical anyway yeah i uh, i i appreciate that dan is still bad at this uh, i hope that maybe this will scare him straight a little bit uh and that perhaps he'll realize that sicking someone on lucifer to ruin him even in a business way which is the best way to do it latoya <laughs> you're hilarious um is not a good thing but we'll see uh, I also want to say that while I do not ship Dan and Ella, um, I am I'm a, a little bit miffed uh, that that's not an excuse for Alejandro Tush. Like, come on. We've seen tush. all the other Tushes. Well, we haven't seen Chloe's Tush. We, but what I'm saying is there is clearly, we could have had some Tush there. Uh, Marcus has a very important point. I also like Ella having a mug with her face just plastered all over it. <laughs> yeah, And so different faces. So that, like, when she tips it up, you can see her, like, smiling. Like, ah, uh, these are very good. Uh, well, well done, prop department. <laughs> okay, well, if that is our final note for, for this episode, uh, Keenan, Marcus, and Scotty, feel free to throw any other questions or thoughts you have in the chat. Uh, our episode to kick off next week will be episode eight. Only three left in the season, guys. Super bad boyfriend. So, thoughts. I mean, it's obviously Lucifer being a super bad boyfriend, or the case of the week is about a super bad boyfriend. I'm going to ask you for more, even just because it's funny. But <laughs> yeah, or maybe it's Dan being the super bad boyfriend. It's Dan. He's already <laughs> a super bad boyfriend to Ella. I I, I have nothing. <laughs> um, I to to make a different guess from Noel. I'm going to guess that it's that it's that Chloe tries to talk to Lucifer about Eve and you know maybe unleashing evil on the world. Eve oh. Um and he gets extremely defensive and understandably defensive um about it and says, "So what are you the only one who's allowed to have a super bad boyfriend?" And then Chloe is like, yeah, but you killed him. And then he Lucifer, wanted to die. And then Lucifer's like, yeah, 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 but we've, we've addressed this. He was an immortal being and he, and he wanted, he wanted to die. Um, and also Eve saved your kid's life. And then Chloe would be like, yeah, but I already hugged her for that. We're even, <laughs> um, and then, and then also Ella will be very awkward around Chloe for understandable reasons. Um, it's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. And then, and then Chloe will be like, what do you have like a super bad boyfriend right now or something? And Ella will be like, no, um, no, no, uh, uh, I don't believe in God. And then she'll just run away. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Okay, uh, Scotty is voting for um, Alejandro Tush. I'm also pro Alejandro Tush. Sorry, sir. I, do, I don't know you, but you're handsome. Um, Latoya, do you have any thoughts on this? On the next episode, uh, it has uh, a montage I love. We have a fun montage. And also um, an Emmanuel plot that I really enjoy. And uh, it's a plot similar to a, a plot in another show I review for the AV Club that I did not like when they did it. So... That's why I will say. Now just comb through all of my reviews. Oh my God. It's now I'm just trying to remember what happens in the episode of Riverdale that made you quit Riverdale. Mid- <laughs> <laughs> my well, favorite. Keo shows up on Lucifer. And... Yeah. and then it's just like, all bets are off. Um, Latoya will quit writing about Lucifer mid podcast tomorrow. Um, <laughs> not really. Uh, ooh, the show God. is not Riverdale. I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, it is, not. Uh, is it Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yes. Ooh, which plot did you hate on? I'm going to have to think about that. Okay. Well, you'll have, you'll have the that. weekend. Why do you ponder. hate cheddar plots, LaToya? <laughs> yeah, what what do you have you? against cheddar, LaToya? You take that slander. I will sue you. <laughs> I will see your ass in court, Noel. <laughs> we'll never have a court date because of the pandemic. Joke's on you. Zoom court. <laughs> <sighs> only, only if Mays can be the judge. It would be funny. It would be. Um, I'll say there is. I'll see you uh, in Chrissy's court on Quibi. I was going to say it first. <laughs> well, Quibi, Chrissy's busy. She's got she's got uh, another kid on the way. Chrissy's um, court. Chrissy's court. Um, I will say this next episode has more time with a pair that we've gotten some time with this season, but I think we've needed more with. So, I'm also very uh, excited for that. Yeah, that's. I'm looking forward to to everyone's thoughts on that. So uh, it's got to be Maze and Trixie. I'm not gonna say it's Maze and Trixie. I'm not gonna say. I do think that part of why we've gotten so little. My mom was asking, like, why, why are we never seeing the kid? And I'm like, Trixie. She's like, yeah. I was like, okay, because the to- the show is set in a much more condensed timeline than how they film yeah. it. And um, you know, she's growing. Estevez is growing quickly, which you will realize in season five. Oh, yeah. that means she's in season five more. This yeah. child has grown. Yeah. I mean, she's grown even, like, in this season. Um, but, yeah, no, I can only imagine how, I how was she's grown. I was flabbergasted in season five when she first started. I'm like, what's happening? Well, like, season three to season four is a one-month jump, but it took, like, a year and a half between when they came out. So, like, of course. It's a real Bram, Bram on Game of Thrones situation. Marcus says, is she like 11 in season four now? Yeah, I don't, it hasn't been that much time in show. Yeah, it hasn't been that much time in show. That's the thing. And yeah, it, yeah. (laughs) I appreciate what, that they're like, we're gonna, we're gonna put her in this episode at least. And like, we'll just have her dress very specifically and lots of like slouching posture. So we don't see how tall she is. And also Um, what is time? Yeah, there is that. what What even is time? On that note, what even is time? We will see you guys all next week. Have a lovely weekend. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Marcus and Keenan and Scotty for hanging out in the chat and the Zoom. Thank you, Latoya, for being fabulous. Thank you, Nolan and Allison, for also being fabulous. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye. 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 Bye.